welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails live from Wadapalooza with my bestie Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm in a great mood now. Are you? Oh, you have the dog. I have the dog. Voldy. I know. See ya. Well, we we have our guest uh, with us, John Heath, who is an adaptive athlete and a a Paralympic athlete. And uh, he has this amazing corgi with him named Voldemort. And um, my new best friend. We love we love this dog. He's really the star of the show at this point. He is. You know what's funny is uh, I think the toughest thing about being an adaptive CrossFit athlete is the fact that I'm known as the, the athlete with the dog. That's the toughest part. It sounds That's like the best the tough, part. Right. But it's here's the thing. Like Jacob Hepner like walked by right, and he like took a selfie, and I'm like, hey dude, what's up? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> You know, so like people recognize my dog before they recognize me. So yeah. So Nikki, when John and I met, we had uh, chatted online a couple of times, um, but we'd never met in person. And I went down to Cincinnati to visit my daughter, and there was a, a competition going on, Battle of the Banks. It's a huge competition in Cincy, and I wanted to go watch it. And I'm standing there, and I see this guy with a corgi in a backpack, right? And so of course I got to sneak some photos. And then he like turns around, and I'm like, oh shit, that's John. <laughs> So then we ended up chatting for the afternoon and uh, have connected and we worked out together you know, like a day later or something and uh, have just stayed in contact. And so yeah. when we ran in here, I'm like, you got to come on the show, man. Got to come talk. 100%. So. Love yeah. it. Internet friends in real life are my favorite thing, truly. Because everyone thinks it's so creepy when they walk up to you and they're like, oh my God, I feel like I know you. And yeah. of course, you know, there's, they've probably been in the DMs or we've been chatting or whatever. And I just feel just as creepy. I'm like, I feel like I know you too. How's your kids? It's like my favorite. That's probably my favorite part of these events. It's like actually meeting internet friends. I think the craziest thing for him is like he's known as the Make Wads Great Again guy, totally. right? No, it's a- like guy. So I'm known as the Corgi guy. He's known as the meme guy, right? Like you guys, like, do you actually have names? Right. Yeah. Well, it's John and John. Well, yeah. Every it, every corner I turn in here, it's like, hey, me, are you the meme guy? You guy does those memes? Like, no one calls me by my name. Although I did run into Don Fall yesterday. Oh, good. And from about thirty yards, he goes, "Hey, John," like just like that, and I'm like. Finally, someone actually knows me by name. And it's the one, the one person who I wanted to actually know me by name. That's so awesome. It was, it was great. Well, so I'm dying to know, you guys, have had, you guys have had an experience for the last two days. Like, I, I just want to hear all about the competition and how it went and how you're feeling. And Well, th- this guy's not competing. He's which, just, he's just is, hanging out. Oh, is, wait a minute. Yeah, which is crazy, right? Because, <laughs> so I've only been doing CrossFit for a year. Right. And it's funny because I tell people I've been around CrossFit for a very long time. Yeah. I lived in Iceland, uh, in the military, CrossFit's like a big sport in the officer world. Uh, so I actually started CrossFit because I was an Olympic weightlifter, and my coach at the time was Sonny Webster. Oh, okay. And when I got my amputation, I was like, dude, I still want to do Olympic weightlifting as an amputee. And something happened amongst the, com- the, com- the committee, and they removed a bunch of events for the upcoming Olympics. So Sonny was like, well, you should give CrossFit a, a try, right? And I was like, dude, I don't want to do CrossFit. I was like 265, 12% body fat. Like, I was like, I don't want to run, right? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Which Those people ironic, don't even do real Which pull-ups. is ironic because now I sprint 100 and 200 meters for the Paralympics. Hilarious. Which is not, like, it's complete opposite of what I do. Um, but no, so I walked in yesterday and everybody was like, oh, my God, we didn't know you were competing. And I'm like, I'm not. And they're like, what do you <laughs> mean? Alert. I'm like, I'm here with wheel wads. Like, I'm here to have to division. Got it. Um, so that's, that's how that happened. And because my team, I trained in Orlando, so it was just the thing, but I will be honest with you. It was really weird being on the competition floor and hearing the judges, right? Like I almost like started when the beep went off. Oh, how funny. Right. And I was like, dude, you're not competing. Like hold, hold it together. You know? So 
It's been great. So you're running programming or logistics or what what is your um, role so i pretty much whatever wheelwads needs i speak a couple languages cool um so we have a lot of international athletes yeah it's, tons it's crazy which um i think the common thing in adaptive crossfit is like a lot of my friends are either from brazil uh, spain or the uk and i think the coolest thing is i have huge ties to iceland we have an Icelandic adaptive athlete in this competition, mm. and I have never met one. Oh, my gosh. So I was, like, geeking out. I'm like, dude, what, I, where do you live? Like, where, where do you train? Do you want to be best, best friend? friends? Like, right, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm pretty much just doing that and just making sure. Because I think we're headed in the right direction for adaptive CrossFit, but there's a lot of work that needs yeah. to be done. Um, and I'm just glad to help be that voice and advocacy, you know, for especially a competition like this. Cool. I know you have a lot of things that you're training for in the future. Yes, yes. Like things with a whole bunch of rings, yeah, a whole bunch yeah. of colors. Yeah, so I'm actually training for Paris 2024. Oh, no big deal. No big deal, hey. right? Uh, hey. Team USA. I'm trying to aim for the world record in the 100 and 200 meter. And I dabble a little bit in CrossFit, you know, hey. uh, here and there. I ended up at the Adaptive CrossFit Games, which I got to see him yeah. again. Which is the coolest experience, you know, 200 and I think it was like 210 adaptive athletes. And it's just like, it's super cool. It's like a different feeling of like, I've been around athletes my whole life. But I think ever since I became disabled, it's really cool to see other people of my community, like integrating into CrossFit. And that's what invested me in the sport. It was, it's not dying at the gauntlet, right? Like it's not showing up at that five o'clock class and dying, you know, and my coach's games athlete, Zach Watts, and he like, Oh, fun. He doesn't care that I'm missing a leg. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, so right. like, he, he puts me through the ringer, but it was a community. Um, and that's, that's just, so I, I'm invested in the sport. That's 100%. awesome. What's well, a hard sport. I mean, we just, we were at Willwide together uh, a few weeks ago down in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they do not get a break. I mean, it, it may be the hardest competition I've seen in person. And, uh, Stoudy's kind of rude. I mean, he's just straight to the point. He's like, if you can't do the rope climbs, you should have worked harder. Like, that's kind of, his, uh, kind of his mindset, you know? And so you watch these guys suffer, but which really, you know, I don't think it's unique to the community, but, you know, you watch these guys work hard, but no one leaves the floor until everybody's done. You know, no one seems to be celebrating their own victory. They're celebrating everyone finishing. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a really unique community and really fun to watch. It's a little chaotic, and at times, as a... You know, just an able-bodied person, you get nervous for people, like, watching them. I think they actually thrive on that. Like, they kind of enjoy watching the nerves of the people around them. So it's, it's a really fun, uh, exciting event. I'd love to be able to go see this live at the Olympics with mm. you, though. We definitely. We definitely got to plan that. I think it's, it's going to be... I think, and that's what's cool for me, is, like, I'm, I'm balancing so many sports. I also do Paralympic snowboarding. Oh. I'm a hopeful in that. Just in all um, your free time? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the thing is like I, I should have been in Colorado this season training, uh, but I got picked up by a team in Orlando. Paris is a priority right now. Um, we have the Open coming up. But I think that that's what's so cool is like all the Olympians on my team, they're like super invested in like learning what I do in CrossFit. Oh, cool. Which opens up a whole different, yeah. you know, and a couple of them want to try CrossFit during the off season. Yeah. So I'm like, let's go. Like you guys are smoking me on the track. Like, I'm meet about me to, in the gym, dude. Uh, meet me on an <laughs> yeah. AMRAP, you know, uh -huh. like I'm about to put you to the ringer. Uh -huh. um, so no, it'd be super cool. Like, I just can't wait to, to get out there. 
I, you know what, like you envision stuff. Like there's times where I just think of that moment of like that race, right, for the Paralympics. Um, so it's definitely gonna be something. Right. If it gets any colder out here, you're gonna have to snuggle me. <laughs> I'm get, I should have worn the. It's like kettlebells and nipples. We're gonna just change the name <laughs> of the podcast. That that actually is very on brand for uh, us. It is on brand for yeah. us. I think I've been talking about my nipples on the show for about 18 months. So. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'll have to put the dog in my lap. That'll warm me up. Yeah. I have, like, sweatshirts on sweatshirts today. Oh. I'm, like, layered to the... Yeah, you got the hood up. That's what... I did that on the walk over this morning, too. So, you, you going to take Voldemort with you to the Olympics? Um, so, the problem... Hey, what are you eating? <gasps> what, what are you that? eating? Is that an avocado? Is it an avocado? <laughs> it's healthy. It's good for... It's good Leave for it the alone. Dog. It's healthy fat. Good, good for his coat. He'll right. be fine. Leave it alone. Um, the problem, so we've never been separate. So, backstory on my dog, uh, he's actually a PTSD dog. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, it's funny because he he'll like call people out, right? Like, Kelsey was doing her thing up uh, at Lift Culture with Chesty, and he was like all up on her. I'm like, Are you stressed? And she's like, No, why? I'm like, He's a PTSD dog. Like, right. He, like, he knows, he, he right? Is that why he came when I called him? Yeah, Probably. you're stressed out. Cool, because. Homeboy was up from 3 to 4 a.m. and would only fall asleep with my nipple in his mouth. So. <laughs> I'm a little stressed. Someone help. Yeah, Robbie, so help the me. hardest thing about traveling in Europe is they're kind of behind on the disability laws oh. and right. stuff. Um, here it's pretty easy. Like I have all his paperwork. He flies with me. He's in hotels with me. So when I competed at Barcelona, uh, Barcelona, Spain, I didn't, I didn't take him with me. Oh, rough. Which yeah. is probably like the roughest thing to do because if you've ever seen, I mean, you saw right. him on the at the competition floor. He's he's literally laying on the lane. Oh, rad! And he's like barking, like because he's obviously oh. I'm in distress, man. It's CrossFit. I'm over here dying, and he's like, I gotta help my dad. You know, <laughs> you uh, can do it. Yeah. So hopefully we can figure out a, a way, but he's got to be. You know, oh. when I win that race, like he's got to be with me celebrating. Uh, I have a uh, I have a a uh, PTSD cat. He actually gives you PTSD, though. <laughs> right, right. That's the... <laughs> I didn't take it for a cat person. Uh, you, you don't know Bean? No. Come uh, on. No. Everybody knows Bean. Bean's I'm not famous. A, I'm not a, I'm, listen, it's not that I don't... It's not that I don't like cats. No. I'm just allergic to them. Look, I'm, oh. not, I'm not saying You know what that, I'm saying? So I'm just like, allergic to assholes. Like, <laughs> that's my thing. Oh, that's no. Bean. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying Bean's Instagram page is better than Lord Voldemort. It's real no. close. Which, I'm going to throw that in there. If you want to follow my dog, Lord V the Corgi, <laughs> right? His content is premium A1. Premium A1. I would wear Lord V the Corgi swag. You know what I'm saying? We're I thinking would. about that. We're I thinking would. about that. I absolutely would. I keep telling uh, Quip Products, like, we need to try, like, adaptive stuff for yeah. him, you know? Yeah. So. Definitely, like, great well, marketing. You need to get one of those little dogs that's, like, on wheels. Right. Get in there. Yeah. One thing I love about the adaptive community, and you're no different in this, is you guys really lean into the, the, the whole culture. So his Instagram name is Carbon Fiber John. Perfect. And, and I, feel like, I feel like most of the adaptive athletes do that. Why do you suppose that is? Is it just a sense you want people to feel comfortable? Is it you want people to feel uncomfortable? Like, what? Well, why, why do most of the athletes do this, you think? I think it's a mixture of both. So there are circumstances where I, I think it's education to start, number one. We really don't know how to talk to someone, right? So a lot of the judges, we just brief them. And it, you're using the term athlete. We don't need empathy, and we don't need you to feel sorry for us, right? Like, we signed up for this, uh, and this is the career path that we... and, and a lot of these athletes, like, I do this full-time. 
they have jobs. I don't, I don't right. know how they do that. Like, this is my job, right? Um, so I think the first portion of it is, like, we find a lot of humor in our sense of what we have, the cards that we were dealt. But I think the other thing is, honestly, like, allowing individuals to feel that level of comfort, right? Mm. Because if I'm calling myself a peg leg or I'm making jokes that I'm going to be a pirate for, you know, Halloween, I was trying to be, uh, have you seen How to Train a Dragon? Yes. So I was trying to be Hiccup, and I was trying to do yes. this toothless. But I had a freaking competition, so I didn't get to dress up. But next year, like, be on the lookout because I will be Hiccup. Um, so it's just really to make people comfortable. And it's, it's, I think the hardest thing is, like, when I go to a store, kids have no filter. Yeah, that's true. In the true. most, like, genuine way, though. And it'll be like, Mom, he's got a robo leg. And the mom will be like, don't say that. Right? When in reality, she should explain, like, hey, you know, maybe he was born that way. Or maybe he had an accident or whatever the case may be. So we kind of feel like it's an icebreaker mm. to some extent. But at the same time, there are some people that are extremely rude. Um, I've been to, like, Whole Foods. And I've had someone yell at me, like, yo. And I'm like, what's yeah. up? Like, what happened to your leg? And I'm like, yo, who are your parents? Like, yeah, who, who yeah. taught you those manners, right? So I think it's just a mixture of education. Um, because even being in the adaptive world, I didn't know anything about neuroathletes. You know, I'm yeah. more of the educated on the amputee side, you know, upper extremities, the wheelchairs, the seated athletes. I didn't know anything about neuro. And yesterday I had to be a handler for one of the seated athletes. And I had no idea. Like, I'm just chucking weights at him. Like, yo, dude, pick him up. Like, your arms work. You know what I'm right. saying? Uh, so I think that that's what it is, uh, the joke-wise. But I think for me, it, it just caught on, man. Carbon Fiber John, like, you know. I think part of part of what I really love about that and about the culture that you guys are building, um, especially within the sport of CrossFit, is I think that as an able-bodied person, sometimes I just don't know where to go. I don't know where to go with my words or with my phrases or with my greetings or with my questions, what's appropriate and what's not. And I think that there's so much pressure to get it right versus just like, you know, I'm going to try. And if I get it wrong, tell me. Tell me if, hey, that's actually kind of rude or that's offensive and, like, we can have an adult conversation and move on from it. You don't hate me now. And I wasn't too afraid to, like, come at you or say what was on my mind or whatever. And I just think that, like... The more that you can, like you said, break the ice and open it up to like, hey, like, let's just figure it out, me and you, person to person, the better we're going to be as a community. Because at the end of the day, like, if you don't try, if you're not like, hey, I don't know if this is rude or not. I have a question for you. Tell me. Or like, hey, can I call you peg leg because you're my bud? Or like, do you hate that? Because I won't do it if you hate it. I just, I really like the idea of getting more athletes out there, more people out there, more conversations like this. And all you people sitting in the audience, like come up and say hi and be like, are you new, my, my new pirate best friend? I don't know. And just figure it out because we won't know unless we literally try. No, and we're going to mess up. And you know? I appreciate you saying that because what I, I need people to also understand is like the way that I lost my leg, it was through malpractice. I was in an accident, you know, and then military medicine tried to salvage my leg and I just had too many surgeries. I had 13 surgeries before I made the decision to amputate. So I was okay with my decision, right? So when I woke up, I already knew, like, Olympian Devin Allen, he's also a wide receiver for the Eagles. That's my best friend. He was sitting in the hospital. And in our mind, it's, we were thinking, like, all right, what's the next step to get you back on the competition floor? Got it. Okay? Versus someone who wakes up in an accident. Yeah. And now you don't have a limb. And you went from doing what you were doing, right? A lot of people are not okay with the way they look. Whether it's, you know, missing an arm, missing a leg, in a wheelchair, or something like that. So 
you joking with me is all cool, right? Mm -hmm. That other person, I've met amputees who have been amputees for 15 years, and they're still not okay with the circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's that education. But at the same time, every athlete in CrossFit has someone that's replacing them. Everyone in the Olympics has someone that's replacing them, right? It's a conveyor belt of athletes coming up. In our world, we don't have those teenage adaptive right. kids. We don't have right. those college adaptive kids that, I, that could be like, I want to be the next Carbon Fiber John. And I think that opening up this conversation and people understanding like, oh, my friend from Wheel Wads is, you know, an upper or Casey does this at Peloton or yep. X, Y, and Z. It starts to like, because prime example, yesterday we're, we're on the competition floor. I'm helping. I get a message from a buddy of mine. Hey, my best friend's little brother just lost his leg to cancer. Mm -hmm. You're the first person I thought about. Please, can, can you talk to him? Yep. That right there makes it worth what we're doing. Yeah. I think there's no difference between that and when we talk about, like, the elite women and what they're doing for young girls who, you know, are coming up and seeing the sport and seeing, like, strong-ass bitches taking control of barbells and weights. And, like, we didn't have that 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it's becoming so much more mainstream. So the more mainstream this becomes, just to inspire anyone on any level of any age is, like, so much work in the long run. And we talk about it a ton in the other able-bodied divisions, and I think it probably is even more impactful here, which is so cool. Like, look what you're doing. Like, you're just out there, like, looking jacked. And at the end of the day, you're also making this legacy for, for athletes to come, which is really badass. I'd, I'd love to see more people come to live competitions. I learned so I much know, in that weekend at Wheelwad. I mean, I've been watching, you know, the adaptive division for years, but actually being there the entire weekend and talking to athletes and, and learning about their impairments and... And actually, just like watching John's division was really interesting. They had a, a snatch event. Ooh, sorry. And not only does everyone in the divisions, are, you know, most of their impairments are slightly different, so it causes them to all snatch differently, which is wild. I mean, it's, it's absolutely wild when you see, you know, one person will kick out their leg when they're snatching. Others will push it behind. Others will just keep it in place. And as someone who's like a fan of the sport... You know, you're watching, trying to figure out why they're doing it. It's really, really interesting. And then talking to them, you know, most of these athletes, they just, they forget they have impairments. And so when you're asking them questions, like, you have to really work to get the right answers. I was talking to this young woman. She had face planted four times on a run. She has cerebral palsy. And she would come in on the run and would literally fell face first on the concrete. And so when it was over, I went over to her and I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, how are your arms? And she's like, oh, they're a little beat up. I'm like, do you need anything? She's like, no, I recover quick. I'm like, I'm like you're not understanding what I'm asking you. You face planted four times. Like, <laughs> Ma'am? Yeah. Ma'am. Are you okay? Oh, she's like, oh, no, no, no. That happens a lot. Oh. You know, it's just like uh, for her, it's a daily part of her life. You know, for us, like we just take for granted that you can walk from point A to point B and, and not trip. You know, and so really trying to understand that and like have good communication was a really interesting moment for me. So I, I think the more we have visibility, the more we have the conversation, the more people see it, they'll then become more fearless to ask the questions and start to learn. And that's critically important for this division no, to grow. 100%. And I think what Shannon did this morning, Shannon really put like a light bulb, Shannon Ogar. Um, mm. She said, we are teaching these, indiv these individuals are humans, right? So doing ring dips is them transferring from their chair 
to their car. Right. Right. Right? So it's more than just fitness at that point. Um, and to go back to what you said, I really, I'm pushing, man. I, I saw that post when the games happened with that athlete with the sandbag yep. and it was crawling, right? And everybody like, this is CrossFit and this is community. I'm going to have to call the community out because where's the community for my community? Mm. Right? Yeah. And it's not malicious. I'm not doing it in a malicious intent. It's just understand we're living in a tough time right now where you don't know whether you should be tough and face adversity or you should really just not say anything and wither away right when you're watching an adaptive division compete or an adaptive athlete compete or a paralympian compete it gives you perspective into things even me who's competing at the highest level when i go to my prosthetic office there's two kids louis is missing both legs and his fingers are uh okay and then you have another individual who's missing all four limbs who was thrown in a trash can in Haiti, and someone found him, right? These two little kids, I think they're like two or three. When I come into the office after a long training day, or my leg is killing me, or I'm having other issues that being an amputee causes, when I see these kids, I remember, like, it could be worse, Mm -hmm. right? So not only is the adaptive community opening up doors and conversations... We all, we all have shit going on financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever the case may be, that I, I want the community to go watch this to give you maybe that little bit of oomph yep. to keep pushing in life. Or if you're in that suicidal thought of life, right, because mental health is a big, big thing for me, you're watching someone that their breaking point could have been before they found CrossFit and they found CrossFit And that stopped them from killing themselves. Yep. Right? So it's a bigger purpose. And I just wish we could really, really push that out because our youth, what are we, what are we showing our youth to follow? The Kardashians? Gross. And all this false ideology stuff, right? And it's all about numbers and a blue check mark. Yeah. When in reality, like, go talk to this mom of three kids who's still competing at, you know, Wadapalooza. And moving forward. Um, no, so I definitely appreciate you saying that because that, that's honestly what my intent is. And the other hard part is like when someone like tears a, a knee or something, I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? And they're like, oh, I don't want to tell you. You're, you're, you've got it worse than me. And I'm like, Thanks, we're, not, we're, not, we're not comparing, right? Like right. who has it worse? Right. It's I just have a little bit more experience on being down for a couple weeks. Let me educate you. And veer you into something that may help you. Right. Right? right. And so that's, that's my biggest mission when it comes to the sport. Well, most of you guys clean and jerk more than me. So if we're going to compare suffering, it's from the <laughs> fact that you're stronger than me. That's the only suffering I want to talk about. I will say if you're going to get involved in this community, you got to be prepared for some dark humor. And that, that was the hardest thing for me to get used to. You know, it was just... I, I was talking to Kevin Ogar once, and for those who don't know Kevin, he was injured in a, in a CrossFit, an accident at a CrossFit competition, and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Nick and I had him on the show, and it's, I was talking about snatching, and I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? And he's like, it just like gives me this look like, you, this is the worst that could happen, John, you know? And I'm like, oh, I hate your sense of humor. It makes me so uncomfortable. But, there, but at the same time, I think it also opens up that conversation. Yeah. And, it, and it's helpful, for sure. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. I mean, I think, you know, putting more spotlight on it, the more people can see themselves and others, I think it's critically important to grow it. 
And I think that's where you guys are doing a great job with Will Wad and, and driving that conversation and letting all, you know, all athletes come in. These divisions, Nikki, they, how many people were there? It was... At the games? At, at the Will Wad games, yeah. It was competing or in total? Competing. It was like 240. Yeah, Dang. It, was, it was ridiculous. Dang. Like a crazy number of people. So It was crazy. And imagine, like, my thing is, like, it would have been so much cooler. Like, we had support from companies like Sun Food, Icelandic Water, right? Like, there was a lot of last-minute support. But my biggest thing right now is, like, pushing to, to make it bigger. Okay. To make it bigger and more, I'm telling you, it was just such a, we all had such a FOMO weeks after. Yeah. And, like, it was just the coolest experience. I was going through some stuff and just coming to Raleigh, man, just, like, seeing everybody and just, and it was bare minimum. It was not anything, like it was bare minimum. And he told you it was, like, a workout after a workout. After, like, I didn't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. It was so intense on the level of everything. But, honestly, it was totally worth it of balancing a Paralympic sport and CrossFit to make it to the games. My joy was I've only been doing a CrossFit for a year and I made it to that level. Yeah. Right. So all these old heads in my division, like give me another year. I'm coming for I'm you. I'm coming for you. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's and that's, right. I just, I want to, I, I love the mission that we have, but I'm telling you, it's just, I, I speak to so many different disabled people that have no idea that adaptive CrossFit is mm. a thing. And I think the hardest thing for me is like, I travel so much and I always try to find a box near my hotel. Yep. I'm the only adaptive athlete most of these boxes have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. It's, and I know that that's, that's something that you are yeah. actively trying to fix, John, at yep. your new affiliate that you own. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, because that's, that's something that you guys are really focused on, is pulling in more members of well, different we, communities. Yeah, we have an adaptive class, a couple yeah. of them, actually. And, and um, most of these are neuroathletes, or, you know, everything from Down syndrome to Tourette's. We have, you know, a couple that are deaf. Um, it's really life-changing for them and their families. And as it's kind of to this point, like, you've seen yourselves and others. You know, these are families that most of them never thought their kids would have an athletic background or be able to compete. And so, like, every quarter we do a competition, and you put a, a, just a normal, able-bodied member paired up with one of the adaptive athletes. And, and Jen, my partner who's in the crowd, does the programming, and she's mean. The programming is really hard. Like, these are not workouts I want to do, you know. And God love these athletes, man. It's, you, I watch and I almost want to burst into tears, not because I'm inspired, because they work so much harder than me. Like they literally go in and it's like full sin from the beginning, but they have so much joy about it. And I struggle to find that joy in a workout. And I'm just watching them on the ski or just like pulling that thing like they want to rip it out, you know, rip it down to the ground and, uh, and they just love it. And and so I think the more that we can get this into, into our community, the more you can get gyms to start thinking about what this looks like, not only to you know, help your gym itself, but you're saving lives yeah. and families. It's, it's really an, un, it's an unreal experience. The point is, uh, and I'm going to put a perspective that's, that's probably going to punch somebody in the face, but disability doesn't care who you are. Mm. So you could have been the most elite person and then somebody was a drunk driver or... God decided to give you a tumor in the leg, and guess what? Now you're an amputee, and you just went from having all these resources to no resources. Right. You know, so we need the help of the community to build this up for whatever circumstance, because the largest community with every other entity in it 
doesn't matter. Dis- the disabled community has people of color, has LGBT, has Christians, has whatever you want to name it, is the only community, the mixture yeah. of everything. And everybody has either met someone disabled or has someone with disability in their family. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's like, this should be the most over-resourced <laughs> group, given how many lives it touches. It's wild. Yeah, I, I just think at the affiliate level, um, I'd love to see more affiliates, you know, taking the ATA courses, you know, getting more comfortable with it, realizing what it can do for their gym. And then, you know, my pet peeve has always been kind of CrossFit notoriously has, like, I visit gyms and I'm like, where are the ramps? Like, no one's ever going to join in a wheelchair if they can't get in here. Right. You know? Right, you can't wait for someone to be like, uh, excuse me, I can't, I can't come here. And some will. Yeah. Like, you know, some people are confident enough, but to your point, some don't want to talk about it. They're yeah. not comfortable, and so they will never set foot in there, never come in if they can't get in. Yeah, and I think that that's what's tough, right? Because I'm the opposite. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in that shower, right. and I'm going to climb things, right? right? But not everybody's me. Right. And there needs to be accessibility. There needs right. to be, like, why pay a gym membership where, like, you can't even use the rower because you're in a wheelchair? Right. You know? Right, yeah. And I call out all these companies with mirror, mirror, whatever, right? Like, Lululemon has one. Peloton has one, right? Where is the adaptive program for that one person who can't leave their apartment or their home? Yeah, it's, like, literally perfect for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't see that. Right. You don't see amputee clothing, like... Right, and we can't be out here touting, like, you don't need to be fit to join CrossFit and expect that someone of a different athletic level is going to walk up to the door or, or roll up or whatever and not even be able to get in and be like, excuse me, I want to get fit because I'm not there yet. I can't climb in myself. I can't hop over whatever, and I don't want to because I want you to train me. Here's the other variable I'd, I would love to see gyms really think about and why it's important. Uh, Jen was telling me this story the other day, one of the... Uh, athletes um, has Down syndrome and she'll come in and one thing she'll do is she'll when she greets you she'll go what'd you have for dinner and Jim would tell her what she had for dinner and Jim would go what did you have for dinner and this athlete would go mac and cheese or peanut butter and jelly you know chicken fingers now when she comes in and Jen asks her what'd you have for dinner she'll go chicken and rice get out Baked salmon. That's I massive. love it. And so, think massive. Of, so think about how you're, you're making these huge nutritional changes in people's lives that would have never had that otherwise and how many more years you're going to put on their life yeah. with their family. Like, it's just, it's really unreal the power what CrossFit brings. I think we often think that, well, CrossFit's just movement. It's just, it's exercise. And it is that. Yeah. But you can also bring so much more to their lives. And you're not only changing their life, but now think about it, you know, that athlete is probably not making her own food. Her family's cooking it. And so her family's having chicken and right. rice. And as a parent, like, if there's mac and cheese on the table, I'm eating mac and cheese. Oh, I'm hoofing it right, right from the pot. But if I'm not cooking it, I'm going to have chicken and rice with my right. kid. If it fits you know? your mac and cheese. Well, true. yeah, nothing against mac <laughs> and cheese. I, I love me some mac and cheese. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I guess just my point is, is that the changes that come in the lives of these families is so much bigger yeah. than just learning to do burpees and box jumps and ski erg and all the crazy stuff we do. But it goes back to thinking, like, it teaches them, you know, if somebody falls... Like, if you learned how to do something in CrossFit, it gave you the strength to get up, right? I think the hardest thing that I watch is I watch obese people become amputees in my prostitute's office, and they're rolled into their scooter or rolled into their wheelchair. You just made your life, 
Like you already became an amputee. Right. You just made it 20 times harder because you're not healthy. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's my thing is like, I know this is a lasting thing that I'm going to have to live with. Right. I'm, I'm going to be upset at like 70. Well, if I make it that far, but you know, like 60, 70, like having to get up and like put this thing back on and like, right. Right. Cause my biggest thing is once this comes off, don't bother me. I'm going to bed. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. door can be with the biggest Amazon package. I am not hopping to the door. I, I would like Listen. to say I don't appreciate how you made 60 sound so old Ooh. at all. Ooh. If I make it that far. I'm, I'm, but yeah. CrossFit has, has made you, it gave you a little bit more life expectancy. Is that your age? You're making you just it sound did. like I'm at the end of the road here. You're ancient, <laughs> like, man. And really, they call me an old rookie. I'm clo- yeah, John, John, you're close. I'm 31. Can Ooh. you see the light? <laughs> <laughs> they call me an old athlete, man. Like <laughs> You are staring down the barrel of uh, Masters, I suppose. I, I will, Not long now. I will admit during the gauntlet, I saw the light at one point. Like I saw my grandfather and Jesus mm. and Elvis in the corner, and they were like, come to the light, John. And, I'm like, no, I got to stay here just yet, for a little bit yet. longer. I got, one, I got one more gauntlet on me. Can we talk about it for a minute? Because I know we're almost to time here, but we have to talk about your gauntlet experience. I, I need the PTSD dog for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not stressed enough because he's chilling. He, I'm surprised he's he didn't run out on the me. floor halfway through because I was having some serious, serious problems. What happened? With no, it was good. It went as well as I could expect. I finished 11th. I was seven points from the cut. At three top ten finishes, which feels pretty good. NBD, NBD. Uh, a couple of the workouts destroyed me. There was, oh, he's only 60. Yeah, oh, well. There was one right in the middle that was so hard. Like, I, Jen was yelling at me from the sidelines, and at some point I'm holding my knees, and I literally just give her one of these where my hand just goes up, and I'm not even looking at her. I'm just like, you can yell all you want. This is as fast as I'm moving. Like, nothing else is going to happen. But it was fun. It was good. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. you got to keep in mind, like, I'm 52 most of the people in that division were in their 20s and 30s. So, yeah. so to be, you know, there are 63 people in my division. So to be in the, you know, kind of top third. Yeah. Uh, feels pretty good. How was the row? I finished second Ooh-wee. overall. And I beat my other co-host, Ben, by four seconds. Okay. So we're actually, that bragging sounds like a win. That's, those are bragging rights yeah. right there. Yeah. So we're actually going to change the name of Scale and Bell to make four seconds great again. Yep. And... Uh, You'll just have to deal with it for the next Gail year. Gail and John is better than Ben. Yeah, pretty much. What's your next one? What, my next what? Competition. competition. Well, we, have, we have the Open. That's our next goal oh, is yeah. uh, to make quarterfinals in the Open. That's kind of been the goal all along. Okay, okay. And then they keep toying around with trying to get me to do the Masters Collective, but mm-hmm. I'm not quite, quite so sure I want to do that. Why, not, why is that? Wait, we've got a squirrel on the stage. I think Voldemort's about to go into attack mode. Oh. This is awesome. I want to see the fight. Oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> look at him. Like, he's like, but, but, but he's like, Daddy, let but, me go. Yeah. Can we acknowledge that's like discipline? That's, that's, he's that's not a, even on a leash. That's a well-trained dog. Oh, you like that, good boy. That's he good was boy. waiting for the kill attack. Well, the rest of these dogs that keep trying to bark at him, you're like, come take some lessons. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be another comp for me. I'm definitely doing the open because you know I love the open. It's mm-hmm. just a really special time, and I think everyone should do the open. So anyone watching or listening to this. Get signed up for the open. Yeah, for sure. Can we emphasize, though, to people, because I have a lot of people at my gym, CrossFit Luminant, right? Shout out. Yep. Loveland, Ohio. Love. Um, I asked them, I'm like, hey, did you sign up for the open? And they're like, oh, I'm not at that level yet. Oh, I'm like, bro, on. first of all, ain't nobody expecting you to be rich proning. You know what I'm saying? It's a community right. thing. It's a community thing. Do it. You know, it gets you out of the house. It, it helps you with a stressful week. It, it's just the open is, is a big thing for the community. I, I could sit here and talk about the open for an hour. I can, you know, I can tell you dozens of stories 
of where I set personal PRs or I've watched people PR. What last year in the Open, I was at uh, CrossFit Cadre, uh, the owner of that gym is here on the medical team, and I watched him watching his daughter get her first muscle up. Yep. And if that doesn't make you cry watching that happen, like a father and daughter who have been training together and she gets her first muscle up in front of the entire crowd, like it's just it's a special moment. So everyone should sign up for the Open. So that's next. Yeah. And once we get past the Open, then we'll see what Jen can talk me into. She's Jen, per- you got to get him to do these competitions. Like, he is, she, he is ready. He keeps saying, like, I'm done. It's over for me. Bury me in the back. You, you were the one that I was acting like I was close to death. So. <laughs> you are trying to motivate that. you. You already said I'm outlifting you with one leg. I mean. Well, that's, yeah, but you're strong. <laughs> and you're 31. You have an advantage. That's true. You have your advantage. I, I don't know, man. Being an amputee kind of like cut me 10 years on Potentially you know? also true. <laughs> A 31-year-old with one leg should be stronger than a 52-year-old in my state of... Okay, well, let's reconvene when I'm 52, and I hope I'm going to be crushing, you know, 30-year-old amputees. Oh, 100%. 100% at that point. Well, John, we appreciate you joining. Uh, We've been trying to get you on for a while anyway, so it's great that we were all together and could do this in person, and we rarely get to record live, so... Like, never. Like, twice ever in history. One time being two days ago. (laughs) Here at Wadapalooza. Yeah, all right. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, well, we appreciate everybody listening and everyone in the crowd joining. Thank you for for being here. Yay! And uh, we will chat with you guys soon.